Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com, and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. Welcome to the podcast episode that highlights the works of positivekidstoday.com, a website filled with books, apps, programs, and resources developed to support the emotional and mental well-being of children. A project of the mother-daughter team, Nikki Spears and Brandy Pillow, they aim to help young children develop positive attitudes about themselves and their worlds. Nikki, a mother of three girls and a former educator, understands the way in which children see themselves can impact their successes with building strong, trusting relationships. Nikki knows that struggle firsthand, so she and Brandy provide young children with strategies to support their embracing a healthy mindset. To accomplish that goal, my guest today, Nikki Spears, authored a series of children's books inspired by her granddaughter, Baylor. She joins me today to discuss her first two books, The Hand Hug, and kindness is contagious. The hand hug is a sweet story about Baylor, a little girl who is experiencing worrisome thoughts and does not know how to transform them. She is starting a new school and feels anxious. Will she be able to make new friends? Will her new classmates like her? Suddenly, she discovers the hand hug and it changes her life. Kindness is contagious too, helps Baylor and her classmates cope with school being closed because of the pandemic. Mrs. Thomas, Baylor's teacher, challenges students to come up with a plan to help fight the virus while they're home. And the children learn that kindness is just as contagious as the virus. Welcome, Nikki Spears. I love your book about the hand hug and about how Baylor has the worrisome thoughts and then they just disappear because of a a hug in the hand. I loved also your analogy of the computer. Tell us about the process of writing that book and what your thoughts were as you wrote it. Well, the hand hug is, it was something I did when I was a principal and as a teacher, because I was a, I'm a former kindergarten teacher. And it's amazing how young kids can feel, you can, they can feel your energy. And sometimes when they were upset, I would just take their little hands and place them in mine. And I would say, do you feel that? And they'd be like, (gasps) and at the time I didn't call it a hand hug. I was just sharing my energy, my love. And they would just, they would just, seem to, you know, take the tears away, the fear away, and just that human touch, especially when you have some good energy. So you have to make sure your energy is good as well. Uh, but 
I wrote that book probably in about three months because it was around, actually I've written three books and it's been crazy. So I, I get confused with how, uh, which one came first and where I was in the process, but The Hand Hug was my first book. And I knew I wanted to write about Baylor. I knew I wanted to write about worrisome thoughts. And it's almost like when, when I'm writing, it's like I'm telling this story. I don't know where the story is going. And that's what makes it so exciting is because I start writing and I start really putting myself in the place of the character and how she's feeling and what's going on in her little mind. And I never, I didn't know how it was gonna end. So I'm so, I, I get so excited to get to that part, that ending. And the way it ended was just beautiful. And I've, I've always loved writing, but I have to be in the right frame of mind, the right spirit, the right energy. And a lot of times I'm not, but when COVID hit, it made everything, everything stopped. Uh, so I was able to, to dream and create, and, and that's a magical place to be, is, is to write these books where you can, you know, and pull people into your world. And how do you uh, create a world where you feel safe? Because a lot of times as a little girl, I didn't feel safe. And I know for my little grandbaby, when I watch her and her little laugh and her little smile, I want every kid to feel that way. That's what these books are all about. And you know, the, the other book, Kindness is Contagious too. that one came to me in a dream. It's like, I knew I heard a voice, Kindness is Contagious too. And I got up and I wrote that book. And then I have a third book that's coming out titled B. Uh, the word B is so powerful to me. And I wrote about that in a nonfiction book that I have for adults. And it's titled, the beauty underneath the struggle, creating your bus story. And every chapter begins with B. So I've really started to think about that word. And I think the last book, B, which hasn't been released yet, I'm still waiting on illustrations and all that. That last book, I think is the most powerful. And I'm gonna send you a copy. I'm, I'm going to send you a hard copy because you, you got to hold it in your hands. You got to see the beautiful illustrations and it's just going, going to be amazing. That one oh. really touches my heart. Oh, thank you. That is so sweet. <laughs> I think the two that you've written are amazing. I love kindness is contagious that you have, you pause and you ask for reflection. And I think that is really important in books that you don't, re when you're reading to a child, you just don't zip right through them, that you stop and you ask questions and you find how, what is the child's thought process? Are they comprehending what you're actually reading to them? Yeah, it's funny what kindness is contagious. I had this idea. I think I've always been a counselor at heart. I love like any, any position I have in schools, I'm always close to the counselor. And so I wanted to create something that counselors could use. And so I write at the beginning, you can use this book. This book addresses kindness or service to others. Well, with kindness is contagious. I wanted to talk about COVID-19, which was very challenging because I wanted to use 
the right words uh, because young children, it can be very scary. And so I wanted to make it where it wasn't scary, but still serious. And I go out and uh, I do these virtual readings and I'll ask, I'll engage the kids and I ask the question, so what do you already know about COVID-19? And one of the little kids said um, that you can die. And my heart was like, how do you respond? And his teacher, because it was a, it, I, I was reading to a school, his teacher said, that's not true in every situation. So she, she kind of took it over and I was like, God, thank you. Because you want to know what they already know. You can either correct that or extend it. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I like the reflection questions. It's just that you really need to be, be careful and, and understand how to respond. I wonder if that child had already had an experience like that. Yes, I wondered that too. I think the book is meant, you know, after doing it and I was reading to an entire school, I definitely wasn't going to probe any further. I allowed his teacher to, to manage that. I think it's meant to be read in a, in, in a more intimate setting so that you can take the time to explain, you know, but if you're going to read it to a group of, of people, I would just read the text and not necessarily dive into some of the questions, really review the questions before you ask them. Even though this covers COVID, this is still a good book to talk about generally illness. I mean, once we get over this pandemic, I still see relevance for your book because we're talking about kindness and so many people are ill with cancer or other kinds of illnesses that we can still talk about the need for washing hands and wearing masks. I think COVID has changed our culture. I mean, Japan, for instance, regularly wear masks when they have a cold. And I think that's something that our culture might embrace more fully. Yeah, I, you're totally right. It has changed uh, the way we educate, actually, the way we live has, has been changed. and. Um, I think what, what I wanted to do was have the kids, instead of focusing on all the things you can't do, what are the things you can? And, and how can we make the world a better place? That always you know, seems to put you at ease when you're serving in your purpose. And we're all here to serve in some, some capacity. And if our kids could, could learn that early, boy, they'd be so much further along than we are. You know, so. It's all about service to others. That's that's the secret to life. That is true. I like that philosophy. I like how you've said that. I like how the children come up with their ideas of a movie projector, of singing outside to their neighbors. I mean, those are just fun things kids can come up with. I think adults would have a hard time. We're so <laughs> worried about everything that the kids are like, I'm just going to go out and sing a song. It's funny because, and you know this, as a principal, it was so easy. You know, uh, teachers would come to me and say, well, Miss Spears, this is happening in, in our classroom and I'm not sure what to do. I said, well, did you, did you ask the kids? And it's funny that they have the answers. They just need you to give them the opportunity, but they come up with some pretty amazing ideas. And I just love the student voice. It's amazing. And, and I love seeing young kids feel like 
they have some control of their lives, you know, and it's not all about the adults uh, telling them what to do, but giving them choices and allowing them to make some decisions, very empowering. And that's what you want to do at an early age so that we're not raising a lot of kids. If you think about it in our schools, there are a lot of people so dependent on leadership and when they have the answers already. It's just that we have this fear of maybe failure, this, this fear of judgment and all these other things. But when, when you allow yourself uh, to have, you know, when you find your voice, that's so powerful. And seeing little kids as early as kindergarten find their voice or have a voice, I just love it. I think teachers sometimes are afraid of deviating from a prescribed curriculum that it's hard sometimes. Exactly. So that's one, one of the things we're trying to change in the schools when we go in and, and speak and, you know, talk about creating a positive culture is we talk about the individual culture first and, and our beliefs and uh, values and how all of that impacts our workspace. So it's, it's helping people understand and assess who they are and think about where they want to be and what are the actions I need to take to actually make these things happen. Very, I'm, I'm just so like yesterday I had two events where I had to talk to a Head Start organization. Well, not had to, I had the opportunity to in a school in Missouri. And I'm telling you, I get so, so full after speaking to them. It's just an empowering when you, when you share with people their gift and, and allow and, and, and saying to them, Hey, look at the opportunity in this moment and how can you use your gifts and talents? And you, and you can feel the energy shift. It's an amazing experience. I hope your work extends to high schools too. I think it's important that we start this in kindergarten and preschool, but it is desperately needed on the high school level. Some of these students are so forlorn. They feel so beaten up that it's hard for them to be creative. It's hard for them to feel good about themselves. I worked a lot with kids with special needs from all kinds of learning disabilities to medically fragile students. And my heart, I, although I loved working with the medically fragile, more severe disability students better, my heart always went out to the kids with learning disabilities who in high school read far below their grade level and who just felt like they were dumb because they never felt successful. They never felt heard. I talked to a superintendent yesterday at a career center and he was like, Nikki, what is culture creation? Tell me about that. I said, we're gonna help you, know, you create a positive culture. This is something we do in partnership together. And he talked about his student leadership team and so I'm going to build a plan or create a plan. Just what you're saying is to come in and talk about how do we help our kids in high school learn these strategies before they leave school and start to apply them in their lives. Kind of take a, a self-assessment of your beliefs, your values, and, and think about, you know, unpacking those things and if they're serving you well. Because a lot of things we learn, I know for me, I call it, in my book, I call it family belief camp. All of us attend this family belief camp where we adopt 
our, you know, the adults in our lives, we adopt their, you know, values and opinions, and we learn to judge and we learn to label. And sometimes those things that we learned are simply not true. Are they, they're just not serving us well today and definitely in future generations. And so it's, it's kind of good to step back and, and to, to think about some of those values, some of those rules that we've placed on ourselves uh, so that we can do what we, we've been called to do. Some of those things hold us back. I think it's important, like you said, uh, to talk about these things with our high school students. So I'm gonna get an opportunity to do that uh, with this school in, in Ohio and I'm excited. Oh, that's wonderful. It's desperately needed in the high school level. There are certainly kids who are very, you can see their leadership skills. They ooze leadership. You know, they're the class presidents and then they're the A students in the gifted program. And But it's those other kids who just don't ever seem to get a break who really need this kind of empowerment. So what questions haven't I asked you that you want me to ask? You asked me what inspired me to write and I, I shared that and I'm excited. This is a series of books. So I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to build, you know, on it. And um, as I get new grandkids, I'm going to have to learn to integrate them in some way. I was just going to say that. How many grandchildren do you have right now? <laughs> I have one and I learned I have one on the way. So that's why I'm thinking about this. I'm like, okay, baby. <laughs> Like <laughs> Right. Yeah. Baylor's going to have to have a friend. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I'm excited. You know, grandkids, your grandmother, right? Oh, yes. I have six. I love it. I love oh being a grandmother. Me, I'm just telling you, it's, it's the best part. I mean, the best in the world. I never thought it would make me so, so happy. But her little face, I look at her. I still look at her. She's almost two. And I still look at her like, where did you come from? How did you get here? And it gives me an opportunity to do it all over again. I felt like I wasn't mentally and emotionally present for my, my own kids. I, I was going through my own thing of trying to get out of this dark place and I didn't know how to do it. And I learned how to do it later in their life, but by then they had already grown up. And Baylor gives me the opportunity to try all over again. And it, it makes me want to cry because I can see the love. I can see her appreciation for the time. When, when Baylor comes over, everything stops. Computer, no phone, nothing. I give my all to her because I know how important that is. Well, I'm going to ask you to do what you recommend in your book, and that is not beat yourself up and to change your thoughts. <laughs> because every single grandmother I know feels as you do. It is a universal feeling that we should have done better with our children. And I always feel I did the best I could with what I knew and what I could do. Oh my God. You know, by you saying that, I'm going to tell you, every time I go out and I speak and I ask people to think of a negative story you've been telling yourself for years, my, my example is always the story I told myself for many years was that my parents didn't love me. And that story followed me for most of my life and kept me from moving forward into getting to where I needed to be. I was stuck in the mud. And once I transformed that story and I said, my parents did the best they could with the knowledge they had. Ah, it's peace that came over me or that will come over me when I think about that. Instead of saying, 
they didn't love me. They loved me and they did the best that they could. I even called my parents up and, and, and said how much I appreciated them because I realized that I wouldn't be as passionate about students and families uh, if I didn't have the family I did growing up. And, and so you saying that is just like, wow, that, that just hit my heart because I say that all the time. You do the best you can with the knowledge that you have. And when you have more knowledge, you try to do better. And I think that's what grandparenting is. We have more knowledge. We've already been through it and we're at a different place. We're not trying to raise kids and go to school or have a career or nurture a marriage. We're beyond that. And so we can step back and we can see, oh, I would have done this differently if I could have. And that's what we apply to our grandkids. And I don't think it is fair to us as adults to, to be unkind to ourselves. I mean, we have to be kind to us too. And the benefit is that I think the whole family is happier and we get to pour all of this unconditional love into these little beings. And that's a great feeling. Thank you for that. That, that feels so good. And I, I, you know, I've learned to forgive myself. I did beat myself up a lot, you know, because I felt like I, I wasn't there. But like you said, it's like you're trying to build a career, you know, your marriages. And I went through two, I'm, I'm on my second marriage. Um, I'm not married to uh, my first husband, and that's Brandy and Bianca, my twin's dad. And going through all of that with kids was was really hard. And now my life seems to be more stable. I feel more at peace. And plus, when you have grandkids, they eventually go home. They are not with you all the time. And I think that's why they called us grand. <laughs> we have really <laughs> that grand. Yes, thank you for saying that. Oh, you're welcome. I think your message is, is so important and so many children's books, if you really sit back and look at it from a philosophical standpoint, it applies to adults too. Kindness is universal. Hugging somebody's hands, just helping them feel secure about themselves. It just doesn't cost us any money to put ourselves out there and to be kind. The human touch is so important. I think we realize that more than ever now in the, in the age of COVID, because now when I see people hugging, I'm like, oh, should they be hugging? Should they be touching? Uh, so we realize how, you know, we took the little things like a hand hug for granted. For the first time in a year, my husband and I went to our neighbor's house for dinner Saturday night. It was glorious. The six of us got together all six of us have had both doses of our vaccines and it's post two weeks. So we well beyond the two weeks. So we all felt safe and look at them face to face and share a meal and just talk and laugh and have fun again. And I am so hopeful that our country, our world can get to that within the year. That would be such a gift. I hope so. You know, the superintendent I talked to yesterday and when I asked him, I said, so tell me how things are going, you know, this year. I know it's been crazy because this is a career center. They have 11th and 12th graders. And he said, Nikki, to be honest, some of the kids I don't even know. He said, because we haven't seen their face. They have to wear a mask all the time. And we're like, who is that? Who is that kid? And I can't even imagine, you know, um, being principal now and, and not 
knowing who my, my students are, you know, so that's the world we're living in right now. So I do hope we can get back to, you know, what's normal because like my little grandbaby, she's used to masks. She's, she's always trying to put mine on. And if I don't have it on, she's like, my grandma, like you, she, she's almost two and she knows you should be wearing a mask. I want to ask you a couple of other questions, not your book related. Okay. What, what is your grand grandmother name and how did you get that? Oh my God. I got on Facebook and I did a poll. <laughs> I put some names out there. Even though I knew, and it's funny, during my speaking engagements, I would go out, I said, hey, I'm about to be a grandmother and I'm trying to select a name. And people seem to be more interested in, in that than what I was saying uh, in my presentation. I mean, they come up to me during break and say, hey, I have a name for you. What I loved about the name that we chose is that it really, it brings me and my husband together as a unit because I'm Lolly and he's Poppy. So it was like Lollipop, but Lolly and Poppy. Oh, I love that. That is really cute. Do you have memories of your grandparents? You know, I, I do. And my, my mom's mom was always ill. I mean, she, and not really in a good mental situation. So those are the memories I have about her. And then my dad's mom was pretty much the same way. I remember my schoolmates uh, they would have their grandparents come pick them up from school. And neither of my grandparents drove, a, I never saw them drive a car. I didn't, I never saw that. I was always amazed by that. Like, wow, they have grandparents that drive? Wow. So I never had that experience. But yeah, I mean, my, my uh, childhood experience with my grandparents, by the time I was born, my grandfather had passed away. I think both of them. So I don't have a lot of memories or fun memories anyway, because they were all both older and very ill. What kind of memories would you like Baylor and her siblings and cousins to remember about you? I want them to know that grand, they had a fun grandmother that was loving. And I leave these books as my heart print for them so that they know how much I love and how important it is to love. That's what I want all of my kids to know. You're gonna make me cry. Oh, I don't mean to. <laughs> this morning anyway, talking about Baylor and my kids makes me sensitive. Where can our listeners find you and where can they find your books? Brandy and I have a, a website now. It's uh, positivekidstoday.com and they can you know, contact us there. I am all over social media, so they can just type in Nikki Spears and you'll see all kinds of stuff pop up about me. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, you name it, uh, I'm there. And all of my books are on Amazon. And can you buy them through your website? Yes, if you the, the books are available there, it's gonna just take you to a link back to Amazon. But if that's easier for people, that's great. Just go to positivekidstoday.com, explore the website and see what we have there. It'll take you right back to Amazon. The cool thing about the books too, we're creating curriculum. Uh, I know how important it is for teachers to extend lessons. So we have curriculum uh, created for each of the books and, and student activity guide. Go to NikkiSpears.com if they're looking for an amazing speaker. Uh, contact me if you're looking for trainings or workshops for your teachers. I have one workshop I'm doing this Thursday. I'm going to North Dakota and I'm calling it a um, baggage claim party. 
It's so much fun. <laughs> and we're going to unpack. I have all the teachers bringing a bag from home and we're going to unpack our bags. We're going to start to get rid of those things that we don't need any longer in our lives so that we can live the life we were intended to live. So we're going to have a lot of fun at this baggage claim party on Thursday. Oh, what a wild idea. I love it. <laughs> yes. You'll have to let me know how it goes. I did it yesterday as practice because it's a new training I just put together. And I wanted something fun with a touch of reflection. You know, I did it yesterday online for two hours. It was absolutely amazing online. So I can't wait to see teachers in person. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.